Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Zhu Tianlu. Coming up in this edition, Israel's budget deficit looks set to triple next year, as it says it may take a few more months to defeat Hamas. Moscow and Kiev dispute the outcome of a Ukrainian attack on a Russian warship. And China launches new satellites ahead of the fifth anniversary of the Beidou navigation satellite system. We begin in the Middle East. The United Nations has appointed a coordinator to oversee humanitarian aid into Gaza in the first step to put last week's Security Council resolution into action. Former Dutch Deputy Prime Minister and Middle East expert Sigrid Karg is expected to begin her new role on January the 8th. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres says Karg will bring a wealth of experience in political, humanitarian and development affairs as well as in diplomacy to her new post. From the UN headquarters, William Denslow tells us about the urgency of delivering supplies to Gaza. According to the World Health Organization's emergency medical teams, more than 100 patients were brought in to Gaza's Al-Aqsa hospital over a 30-minute period on Monday following a series of airstrikes. The UN agency warns that the hospital is stretched beyond capacity and many patients won't survive the wait. The doctors and nurses here are doing their best. Their best is never going to be enough until there's a ceasefire. The Hamas-run health ministry in Gaza estimates that more than 20,000 Palestinians have been killed since Israel began its bombardments in the aftermath of the October 7th attack on Israel. Hamas killed around 1,200 people in that attack and took roughly 240 Israeli hostages, more than 100 of whom are still believed to be held captive. Israel says that its military campaign against Hamas is far from over, and aid agencies warn the humanitarian situation in the Palestinian enclave is rapidly deteriorating. In the world right now, there are about 130,000 people who are in catastrophic levels of hunger, meaning they are starving. In Gaza, more than half a million. That is four times more. And that is what makes this totally unprecedented. Last week, the United Nations Security Council passed a resolution calling for urgent steps to allow for more humanitarian aid to enter Gaza. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres calls it a welcome move, but says more action is needed. It is imperative that the international community speak with one voice for peace, for the protection of civilians, for an end to suffering and for a commitment to the two-state solution backed with action. The WHO's Director-General Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus says the healthcare system in Gaza is on its knees and a ceasefire is needed urgently. It's a point reiterated by the UN Secretary-General. He says a ceasefire is the only way to end the nightmare people in Gaza are living through. That was William Denslow in New York. As the Israel-Palestine conflict continues, Palestinian health authorities say nearly 21,000 people have been killed. The suffering shows no signs of abating, as Israel says the fighting with Hamas will continue for several more months and has announced an expansion of its ground offensive in central Gaza. This comes despite the United Nations warning that the escalation of attacks is exacerbating the humanitarian crisis in the enclave. Meanwhile, tensions have intensified on the Israel-Lebanon border 
border as Israel and Hezbollah trade attacks. Isabel Debris with the Associated Press reports. This is an area that has previously been spared the ground invasion. Israeli troops have invaded, of course, the north and much of the south, but the center has been the next front for some time now, and we have received confirmation that the Israeli troops are now operating with tanks in the Burj refugee camp. There was intense Israeli airstrikes on the area, as well as tank shelling, and this is all starting to escalate for people who are living in the center. Now, what we're also seeing to exacerbate all of this is that there is now a communications blackout in Gaza, which means that emergency crews cannot now get in touch with distress calls. The Israeli military accused Hezbollah of firing several anti-tank guided missiles across the border. In response, Israel said it was striking Hezbollah targets across southern Lebanon, and it has raised fears of a wider regional escalation. Of course, not only because Hezbollah has more firepower than even Hamas, but also because Israel has repeatedly made threats with the latest from Yoav Gallant, the defense minister. He said that if Hezbollah continues to escalate, that Beirut will meet the same fate as Gaza City. Now with Associated Press correspondent Isabel Debris in Jerusalem. As Israel expects a prolonged war against Hamas, the finance ministry says funding the military efforts in Gaza will cost at least another 14 billion U.S. dollars. That will nearly triple Israel's budget deficit next year to 5.9 percent. The government says the widening gap will require cutting other expenses or raising revenue. Trent Murray has more. Coming under significant pressure on several fronts, but I think most notably the finance ministry has been sounding the alarm on the labour shortage front. Now what I mean by that is before the October 7th attack, around 150,000 Palestinians worked in Israel, Palestinians from the West Bank, but they largely have not been able to come here since those attacks with security increased. And they say that is now costing the economy around 830 million US dollars a month. Another major issue is that uh, a lot of sectors here, including farming, manufacturing, have long relied on foreign workers. Add on to that the fact that Israel is a country with a conscription army. Many of the troops right now in Gaza are reservists, uh, and that has pulled them away from their job, hurting businesses uh, as they try to chart their way through this difficult period for the country. So we know some very tough conversations are taking place right now between the defence ministry and the finance ministry around just how long Israel can sustain this war effort. Some signs that uh, those security measures may be lifted to allow more West Bank Palestinians Palestinians back into Israel to continue working. But when you combine all of that with the shipping pressure as well because of what we're seeing on the Red Sea, this war is certainly taking a major hit uh, towards the Israel economy. That was Trent Murray on pressures facing Israel. In Europe, Ukraine says its attack on the port city of Feodosia in Crimea early Tuesday destroyed a Russian landing warship. Moscow says the warship has only been damaged. Local authorities report at least one person was killed in the attack. The attack comes as the leaders of the Commonwealth of the Independent States are meeting in Russia's St. Petersburg. Dasha Chinshova is in Moscow with more. Russia says its large landing warship Novocherkask has been damaged after Ukraine attacked the Crimean port city of Feodosia. The Russian Ministry of Defense says Ukraine used guided missiles launched by aircraft. Russian air defense systems destroyed the aircraft, two Ukrainian Su-24s, according to the Russian Ministry of Defense. The warship had the capacity to carry tanks and armored vehicles. 
Hours before the strike, Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu reported to President Putin that Russian forces have gained full control over the town of Marinka in the Donetsk People's Republic. Shogo also said that in 2023, Russian forces have successfully carried out one of their main tasks, stopping Ukrainian counteroffensive, and are now pushing forward on all fronts. In the meantime, Russian President Vladimir Putin is hosting an informal meeting of the CIS countries in St. Petersburg, that's the Commonwealth of Independent States. It comes a day after the Eurasian Economic Union signed a free trade agreement with Iran. Separately, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said some three dozen countries are seeking to get closer to BRICS and establish partnerships with the association. He also said that Moscow expects a wide range of solutions to be developed ahead of the group's next summit expected to take place in the Russian city of Kazan in October 2024. That was Dasha Chinishova in Moscow. In North America, a caravan of 6,000 migrants continues its march toward the United States ahead of U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken's visit to Mexico. Blinken and Mexican officials will discuss the migrant issue during his visit. Frank Contreras has more. This latest sprawling group of undocumented migrants is heading across Mexico on foot. Destination, the U.S. border. This so-called migrants caravan includes large numbers of Venezuelans, Cubans, and Central Americans. People from Asia and Africa are also traveling among them. Many of the migrants say they're tired of waiting in southern Mexico for backlogged Mexican immigration officials to process their request for asylum or for documents that allow them to continue their journey through Mexico. Hoy caminamos Today, the poorest of the poorest of the poorest are walking. Those of us who are on the cusp of need, those of us are walking. Those of us who do not have money to pay for visas, those of us who do not have money to pay a smuggler. Their decision to travel in large numbers comes just ahead of a visit by a high-level group of Biden administration officials to Mexico City. It includes Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas and other U.S. officials. U.S. government officials say some 10,000 undocumented migrants are attempting to enter the United States every single day. Many say they are fleeing violence, damage from climate change and extreme poverty. They hope to seek asylum in the United States. Both Mexico and the United States will hold presidential elections in 2024. How to deal with the large number of migrants traveling has become one of the biggest and most complex social issues ahead of those elections. That was Frank Contreras on the U.S.-Mexico migrant issue. Finally, in China, Wednesday marks five years since China's Beidou navigation system went into global service. China recently launched two new satellites to enhance the expanding network. Sun Ye spoke with engineers about the latest additions. The satellites were launched into space using the Long March 3B Expedition 1 carrier rocket and will orbit the Earth at an altitude of around 21,000 kilometers. They are the first Beidou satellites to enter what is known as medium Earth orbit since July 2020. 
The most important improvement in these two Beidou satellites is the use of miniaturized hydrogen atomic clocks. Hydrogen atomic clocks are the most important timing and frequency component of Beidou navigation satellites. This time, after adopting miniaturization technology, our component weighs much less than before and is more advanced. Having these two Beidou satellites in orbit not only enhances the stability and reliability of the existing system, but also lays the ground for the development of new technologies for the next generation of navigation satellites. Tuesday's mission is also the last one for the year for Xichang Satellite Launch Center. Today's success means the Xichang Satellite Launch Center has completed all 19 launch missions successfully for the year. China's space industry has entered a period of rapid development. There has been a steady increase in launch missions. Next year, our center will conduct more missions more frequently. Another Beidou satellite was added to the system in May this year. For Beidou system, 2023 has been a very critical year. This year, we conducted a comprehensive evaluation of the overall in-orbit service quality since BDS started global services in 2020. The two launches in 2023 shows that we have sufficient reliability and backup capability for in-orbit satellites. And then in 2023, our country's next-generation comprehensive PNT, or positioning, navigation, and timing system, was fully initiated. We have already identified key technologies and are conducting research and development work to provide more precise and secure services. China's plan is to develop a more ubiquitous, integrated, intelligent spatial temporal system with BDS at the core by 2035. That was Sun Ye on China's Beidou navigation system. Recapping today's headlines, Israel's budget deficit looks set to triple next year amid its prolonged war against Hamas. Moscow and Kiev have disputed the outcome of a Ukrainian attack on a Russian warship. And China has launched two new satellites to enhance its Beidou navigation system as the network marks five years of global service. That's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Zhu Tianlu. Thank you for listening.